lifestyle brands. They've become quite popular in recent years. It used to fall under the niche category as a brand type, but now we see it's gone mainstream as big companies try to emulate known lifestyle brands like Supreme. The demand for lifestyle content itself is in many ways representative of an age in which we crave knowledge that surpasses simple curiosity, but dives into trying to understand the human experience as a whole. This becomes even more apparent when we look at lifestyle bloggers, YouTubers, and content creators in general. This is the first time in human history that we have the ability to get a glimpse of so many different lifestyles in the palm of our hand. Now, I am aware that much of what we see online can be filtered and is, as I said, only a glimpse. Honestly, sometimes it seems more like a highlight reel, but I see more and more people like Lee Tilchman, Alexandra Beth, and Catherine Ochen, just to name a few, that are refreshingly honest, genuine, and responsible with their content. Fashion and lifestyle blogger Jeanette Padilla Vega is definitely one of those people, and lucky for us, she is my guest on the podcast today. She has 11,000 plus followers on Instagram, and she is the mother to the sweetest little one and almost a half-year-old. We covered so many interesting topics, from fashion to motherhood. This episode definitely falls into my favorites category, so I invite you to sit back or work out or drive your car or whatever it is that you're doing while listening to this, and enjoy. You're listening to My Work in Progress. I'm Heidi Vega, and on today's episode, we are chatting it up with fashion and lifestyle blogger Jeanette Badia Vega. But before we get into all that greatness, I would like to invite you guys to take a moment and follow or subscribe to this podcast. Um, after this episode, leave me a review, let me know how I'm doing. And uh, if you want to, you can follow me on Instagram at It's Me Heidi V. That's where I keep you guys updated on the podcast what's coming up and I love talking to you guys about you know past or current episodes and just having a deeper conversation with you guys and I like to also ask you guys questions about what you're looking for what you're looking to listen to as far as um, guests on my podcast as far as women who you believe are works in progress and are just shining examples of that and all that good stuff so Go ahead and follow me, go ahead and subscribe, go ahead and review this podcast, and let's just jump into this episode. Okay, we're good, we're on. So, I first off want to say welcome to my work in progress podcast. Introduce yourself, like, (laughs) who you are, what you do, yeah. Okay, so yeah, my name is... um... Jeanette Padilla Vega. And currently I live in Las Vegas, but I grew up in California, central California in a really small town. And I just decided to um, move to Las Vegas when I was 21 because I was just tired of that small town like life. And I just wanted bigger and better things, more opportunities. So I decided to move to Las Vegas. And when I moved here, um, a few years after moving here, I started a fashion blog just to kind of keep me um, occupied and um so I would have something to do with my inspiration because I've always been really into like style and just 
accessories and anything related to that field. Um, so I started that and that's kind of what I've been doing since I want to say it's probably technically since 2013, but um, I started like at the end of that year. So um, it's been since really 2014. And um, I also have a one and a half year old. She's almost one and a half. And that is a whole nother journey that if you follow me on social media, <laughs> you'll see what that's all about. It's crazy, but wonderful at the same time. Um, so yeah, that's mostly, that's mostly it. Okay, nice. And um, I wanted to like straight away get into kind of the things that um, really define your brand, basically um, being fashion, being uh, cruelty-free vegan. Yes. Uh, I want to talk about the fashion aspect of it. I feel like that out of the three categories is something that's just kind of always been popular, you know, and mm -hmm. how did you really dive into fashion? What, what inspired you for to like really be into that? Because I mean, I love clothes too, but you're mm -hmm. on another level. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really sure what started it all because as far back as I can remember, um, just being like a toddler, I was always wanting like my shoes to match my socks to match my dress and accessories and everything and my mom was like no you've been like this since like you were born like i don't know where this came from <laughs> so she was actually um a seamstress when i was growing up and she would create like custom clothing for like the elite where we lived in um puerto vallarta at the time because i grew up um in that part of mexico for the first five years of my life and so she worked as a seamstress creating custom clothing and i don't know if it was like somewhere like in my subconscious seeing all that and seeing the beautiful pieces that she made but um yeah from what she tells me I've just always been like that since I, since I was like literally a toddler so um it's just something that I've always been drawn to and um one of the things that I remember from being an, a teenager that really clicked with me uh, with fashion is I read this quote in Vogue magazine that said when you dress up you cheer up and that I always kind of knew that, but then it really clicked in my head that the power of a piece of clothing or like a pair of shoes to transform your attitude and how you um, go after your goals and how you even just feel for like that moment, that hour, that day, it's, it can be so transformative. So mm -hmm. um, that has always been really appealing to me that if you, if you don't feel good about yourself, you can put on this amazing outfit and instantly you have like this load of confidence that, you know, it won't last if you don't work on your inner um style i guess you could say right but right. um but in that moment it has real power to help you um like just be your best self you know and, and put your best foot forward and um be fearless and go after what you want um in life because you just feel so badass in like this amazing mm -hmm. outfit what do you feel that you are sharing with your audience as far as like i know that you're sharing you know this piece of clothing and is it behind that is it what you're what you're explaining now to be basically you know i want women to feel empowered and or people to feel empowered but women in general um and pieces of clothing these pieces of clothing can be so flattering that in turn it creates this like sense of i i, I don't even know like you were saying like this badass feeling of you know taking yeah. on the day yeah, it create it creates this self this um this sense of instant 
confidence that if you don't, you know, there's a lot of people, especially young girls that grow up having no confidence. And especially, you know, if you're really, if you really get um, taken away with like all the social media um, stuff that you see with all these, like, there's some amazing bloggers out there that look like perfection, like their hair and makeup and body is perfection. And if you can mm -hmm. start to compare yourself, you're like, oh, wow, like, it's, it's really hard to live up to that. But mm. if you can be styled in this in in a in a good way that works for your body, that confidence that comes in when you look in the mirror and you're just like, I have this, I just look so awesome, that gives mm. you that instant um, feeling where you just you feel empowered and you're like, oh, I can do anything. And then the more you do that, and the more you like, you know, wear whatever you want, even if it's not trendy or fashionable, but you like what you're wearing and you're comfortable in it and you feel, you know, badass you start to develop this like really um strong sense of confidence and that um in turn you know if you want to look at it from the scientific viewpoint you start to create um what are known as neural nets in your brain that tell you yeah you you are a badass like let's mm -hmm. <laughs> let's let's, right. let's um let's go after her goals and make you know make stuff happen so that literally um starts to become something real within your body and every single day that you wake up and you get dressed you're just like that sense of like confidence just comes up every single day as you wake up so i feel like our wardrobe can it can be really powerful in that sense mm. that's really interesting that you bring that up of how it affects us um even on a a physical you know psychological level because mm -hmm. i've been thinking about that a lot lately and just even the way you carry yourself, you know, um, yeah. kind of is just a reinforcement of like how you feel about yourself, even if it only affects your subconscious, like you might not walk taller and be thinking, oh, I'm walking taller because I'm awesome or <laughs> I'm feeling mm -hmm. good about myself. But subconsciously, it's like triggering, oh, yeah, you know, this is how you feel about yourself and this is how you're presenting yourself to other people and people will unconsciously receive you in that same way so to think mm -hmm. about fashion and to think about your clothing as something more than just aesthetics is really interesting to me um mm -hmm. and that's I think that's a really awesome thing to be <laughs> to be promoting and to be kind of behind because I know a lot of people have the tendency to take the approach of like well my body looks good and <laughs> I like clothes mm -hmm. so here's a picture of me in this outfit you know kind of yeah. situation yeah. yeah I feel like we see a lot of that too and there's nothing wrong with that you know if you want to promote you know um just beautiful pieces of clothes like I like some clothes just because they're beautiful and and oh, sometimes yeah. I, it doesn't get past that and, I, and I, I just buy it even though I don't know if it's gonna look good on me or not but um <laughs> so I like you know fashion like just for the sake of fashion but it really started when I started being really aware of um style and fashion it was for that reason, because I could, I didn't, I was really insecure about my body and I didn't like, I wanted to hide all my flaws and I, I learned how to dress myself so that I could put forward like my best features and kind of highlight mm -hmm. those with my wardrobe. And I'm really tall. So I would, you know, wear things that made me look taller because then I would look more slender since I was always um, concerned about my weight. So mm -hmm. after learning how to dress for my body type, I was like, I was I was motivated to like okay now I need to get healthier because now I, I really I want to be um healthier now so that I don't have to like 
use two pairs of Sphinx. No, just kidding. I never use two pairs of Sphinx. But, <laughs> but you know, you, you, it starts to become like uh, transformative in that way where you want to work on your body and get healthier so you can get fit. And then that in turn makes you look even better in your clothes. So it's kind of like this beautiful cycle where it starts with the outer, but then the inner just can't help but change. I mean, that's mm -hmm. if you're like really aware of like what you're, what you're doing and your, your intention with fashion, you know, you, you have, there has to be some sort of like self-awareness where, um, I think everybody can, can relate to that though. Like when you go to get dressed and something doesn't look quite right, or it doesn't look the same on you, um, as it would on somebody else, then, um, you start to think, okay, well, maybe I should like work on this, or maybe I should just, you know, be okay with that. And whatever it is that you end up um, working on, you're, you're going to, you're going to make some sort of improvement, whether it's with your style and then that's going to help with the internal or whether it's with the internal and then that'll help with your style. So mm, I, think, yeah. I think we all get to like that point of self-awareness at, at one point or another. Yeah. So I wanted to point out that um, you, like you're cruelty free and veganism is kind of just um, to me, it seems like out of all three is the ones that are trending the most and not seeming to be slowing down anytime soon like there's trends that you know come and go but those mm -hmm. two to me seem like things that are lasting in growth yeah I, I think it definitely started as a trend but I don't think it's a trend anymore I think people are really finding out what cruelty free means and what's behind the mm -hmm. scenes of all that and what you know vegan products are and what's the scenes behind that and what comes you know with all of that um, and I think that they're starting to make smarter, healthier choices for themselves, for the animals, for the world. And um, really, there's no, no one loses when you choose cruelty-free vegan products. So um, I think that's why it's not a trend anymore and why all those companies keep like selling out of product and more and more, and more companies that are vegan cruelty-free keep popping up. Um, mm. I don't think it's a trend anymore. I think I, I know that it's like here to stay especially because you see all the major fashion houses like ditching fur when like, who could have called that? Honestly, mm, <laughs> Pete has been trying right. forever. They've been like storming the runways and throwing paint on people <laughs> and they only got so far. And I mean, they're a great organization. They do amazing work. Um, but I, I honestly think it's been like the power of social media and, and the, um, oh, yeah. accessibility to information where people will have been, you know, um, they can more easily get get their hands on this type of information now and to see what's going on behind the scenes. And they're like, okay, well, we don't like that. And we don't want to contribute to the cruelty. So we're going to choose right. something else. And that has really created a transformative change where now the people that we thought were in control, which are the fashion houses, they're like, you know, okay, we're not doing fur. Versace's not doing fur. Gucci's not doing fur. Like all these um, major brands are ditching fur. And I honestly, like, I did not see that coming, but that's awesome consumers more than ever have the ability to change a lot of these major you know brands and companies and how they decide to uh, create their products and what products they want to have in general um, I think that's more common than ever with social media obviously um, them wanting to be part of social media and interacting with their own audiences but also kind of being able to really gauge by um, kind of testing the waters. So when they put something out, they get feedback right away. 
when it used mm-hmm. to be, you know, it would take forever. And most people, even if they didn't like something, wouldn't go um, and write a letter to the company, you know, unless they felt a certain kind of way or go into the company and try to create this change. But now you're seeing like instant feedback, like, no, we don't like that. Yes, we like mm-hmm. that. And kind of catching on pretty quickly. So that's that's a really amazing thing that came with um, the internet and social media in general. Yeah, people are really, um, I mean, they're, they're so smart and they realize that they're, um, they're voting with their wallets, you know, and everybody mm-hmm. has the power to do that. And it seems, it can seem like, you know, it's just a, such a minuscule effort, but it's not because you're mm-hmm. going, you're going to keep buying clothes. You're going to keep buying shoes for as long as you live. You're going to keep buying food. There is no other option. So you're, right. you're, you're voting every single time that you um, go out to eat or you buy groceries or you buy a pair of shoes you're literally giving your vote to these companies. So if you say we don't want any more cruelty or we don't want any more animal products, then they're going to disappear. That's just what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. It's it's not that these, you know, companies, um, I don't think so much that out of the goodness of their hearts, which, uh, you know, is what I would like to believe, but I don't think that's what it is. I think it's that they're like, okay, our consumer is like, really, they're not buying this and we mm-hmm. need to like hit our bottom line. You know, we need, we need to make our money. So um, right. they're like, they're, they're saying, okay, you guys, we're going to go cruelty free because we're aware, you know, we're aware of how bad it is. It's not that it's like, we want your money. Like, please, yeah. please buy our yeah, products. I'm sure, yeah. I'm sure the thing being that I'm sure there's been people within the company who have been like, Hey, maybe we shouldn't be doing this. It's unethical mm-hmm. and yeah. blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, they're not going to make the change unless there's, you know, the money is in crisis, you know, until yeah. it hits the pockets of the people really um in charge of these corporations then it's not enough to really incentivize them to make those changes and once that happens then people are like okay yeah it's something we can get behind there's more than uh one reason i guess to do it yeah because there's there's millions and millions like hundreds of millions of dollars at stake for each of these companies so Mm -hmm. they're not just gonna say hey you guys like it's messed up that we you know sell fur (laughs) um let's just lose millions of dollars and stop so that we feel better in our hearts there's shareholders that you know are going to be really pissed and um there's a lot of people that are going to be pissed in that company so they can't just do that even if they wanted to but when the consumer Mm -hmm. starts to say okay no more like i'm not buying this you have no other option but to change and i want to actually commend gucci Mm -hmm. because i think gucci did say in their statement that they wanted to um change to be more in line with what the consumer wanted with what their Mm -hmm. customers wanted specifically so I was mm-hmm. like, okay, that's cool that they're um, specifically saying that, that they're listening to their customer. And it's it's so cool that the, the Gucci customer is saying, we don't want any more fur and we want, you know, more animal friendly um, products that are not causing mm-hmm. harm. That's really neat to see. Yeah, definitely. Um, speaking on social media and all of that, I did want to ask you because I would ask, I would consider you um someone who is definitely a social media influencer like you have your blog and you have followers and you have definitely people who are looking to you um especially because you are a lifestyle brand i feel like i'm seeing a lot more lifestyle brands and content how do you feel about the rise of lifestyle brands i think you're right about that i think there are a few more lifestyle bloggers popping up than before um where everybody you know before it was like super niche like you said and i honestly think it's because 
again, it's it's the people, it's all the readers, all the um, followers. That's what they want. Like they see kind of, you know, when you do an Insta story and it's kind of behind the scenes and you see the influencers kids running around and you want to know more about that. Um, mm -hmm. You people are humans in general are very curious about, you know, human behavior. <laughs> so to be able to follow someone's story and not just like what they do for fashion, but to be able to follow their life and how they live, what products they use, how they do certain things versus how you do it. It's super interesting. Um, mm -hmm. even if it's not like, like, I'm not a celebrity by, by any means. Um, <laughs> but, and I like, you know, I, I'll look at celebrities and I'm like fascinated by what they do. And I think it's amazing. And, um, but I also have like these other, um, some bloggers that I follow that have like a hundred thousand followers and I'm amazed by what they do too, <laughs> where they're, they're not even that close to like, you know, iconic status like some celebrities are but still I'm like fascinated by what they do because sometimes it's so different from what I do and it's that human curiosity that keeps us like coming back to that and we want to know past the fashion and we want to know past you know the beauty if that's all they blog about we want to know like behind the scenes and like what they drink and what they do for fun and all this and the more we know the more we get in intrigued and I think that's why a lot of people switch to lifestyle because their readers ask for that so not everybody mm -hmm. makes that switch, but a lot of people do. And if you, you know, if you connect, if you really connect with people um, on that level, on like that, because it's so much more personal than just talking about fashion, then you should go for it. Um, if that's something that like satisfies you because you're, you're providing like, you know, good content and, and valuable information for your readers where they can relate to your life. Um, mm -hmm. So that's what kind of what I'm starting to do more. Um, I didn't start out being a lifestyle blogger. I started just blogging about um, fashion, but when I would look at my analytics, I would see that my fashion stuff didn't do as well as like other types of posts that were more lifestyle focused. And mm -hmm. um, I would get tons of DMs and I still do about um, all sorts of lifestyle topics. So I'm, I was thinking to myself, well, why don't I blog more about that? Because that's what people keep asking me for. And I'd have these like really long conversations with people in my DMs. And I would get the same questions over and over about certain topics. So I started thinking, okay, I need to like blog about this because this could be like really useful for people. People asking me about like vegan parenting tips and talk talking to me about breast milk and breastfeeding and, and soy formula and cruelty-free products that are also vegan. So I just kind of naturally went in that direction because that's what people were asking for. And that's where I was providing the most value for them. And, and mm -hmm. I loved connecting on that level with them where I was right. really like helping them out, you know? It's not just about like selling a product. In fact, I don't make that much money blogging. It's like very little, but I do it because mm -hmm. I love it so much. And to me, like connecting with people online that I've never met to me is just amazing. So I really yeah. love that aspect about it. And and in being and sharing kind of the other aspects of your life, you know, and and introducing that. Um, do you feel like you carry more responsibility because now you are no longer just promoting like this aspect of your life but now you're you know entering into some things that are a lot more personal and that you almost have a responsibility to be I feel like more um honest than most people want to be about you know flaws or things that you might consider flaws aren't flaws to most people, but you are very like self-conscious about, I guess I would say. 
Um, do you find that you are carrying more responsibility in that way? Um, I feel like there is a sense of um, responsibility, but I don't think it's not something that ever like really weighs on me. If, if mm. anything, um, this, the sense of the responsibility that does tend to weigh on me is when it comes to like informing people about um, like my vegan lifestyle and making healthier choices in that sense. But mm. at the same time, I feel like there's a responsibility, but I, I also know that I can't change anybody's mind. Like there's no, I, you can't convince anybody of anything unless they want to be convinced. So right. um, it's kind of like, I have to try to find this balance of like, okay, how do I inform people and how do I talk about this in a way that, you know, will be appealing to people and um, where they'll, they'll want to know more without being like too um, intrusive, I guess, in, into their, in their space, you know? Mm, um, right. And as far as the um, responsibility with being like more transparent um, with my flaws, I I'm all about that. <laughs> I, right. if I like in my, on my blog, if you, if you um, go through my uh, photos in some of them, I don't know how much you can tell, but there's definitely been days where I had like pimples and I just did the best I could with my makeup, but there was like no Photoshopping. And sometimes mm. you can see like when I'm like, my fat, like sticking out. Cause I'm like at a weird angle or something where I'm sitting down <laughs> and like, you, you know, your fat pops up and then you're just like, okay, well that's what it is. Cause that's how my body looks. So mm -hmm. right now there's I can't change that instantly and I'm not going to Photoshop it because like who has time for that? And also it's part of being human. Like you need mm -hmm. to be normal and yourself and <laughs> that's okay. You know, I'm sure one day I won't have fat rolls anymore because I'm trying to get healthier and then that mm -hmm. will be awesome. But for now, like we all have that, like the majority of people are not super fit with, you know, 2% body fat. So I feel like the more you actually share about your flaws in, in like a real transparent way, the more people can actually connect with you. And the only reason mm -hmm. I know that and I wholeheartedly believe that is because I get messages about stuff like that all the time. Mm -hmm. So um, if I talk about like um, motherhood and how, um, I don't know, I can't remember the last thing I shared where I was like, oh man, like, <laughs> I don't know if this is right or not, or I feel like a shitty mom. And people are like, no, like, that's totally normal. Like you, it's right. fine. Like I, I have that same experience. I think mm -hmm. last week I shared something about like, um, not being there to say goodnight every single night to my daughter. And I felt like such a like shitty mom for not always being there every single night. And then all mm -hmm. these moms were like, oh, well, like I work a night shift, so I can't be there to say goodnight and it kills me. But like, that's normal. And I don't feel bad about it because I'm providing for my child. And I'm like, yes. Okay. Like that's a really good example because we, we're all different and you, it's totally normal to feel that sense of guilt. So that's just, you know, that's just what it is. Like we all have these flaws and we have, we can't be, you know, perfect moms and perfect beings and perfect, you know, sisters and wives or whatever. And that's okay. I think that just makes mm -hmm. you more relatable. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I think the reason why I, um, kind of wondered about that is because for me personally I find myself like feeling like okay yeah I could go and take the easy route and only take flattering pictures or only take um or only you know share parts of my life that are uh, to me like oh no one can say anything bad about it or you know however it, the least vulnerable I can possibly be with my uh, with what I'm sharing. And 
you know, that crosses my mind, but it always comes back to, well, that's, that's dumb. I feel like I'm not being genuine and I feel like I'm doing disservice because a lot of times that I'll find myself going through Instagram and seeing somebody be genuinely unapologetically just themselves just uh, and and being very open with their flaws is something so refreshing and it almost created this sense in myself to that it was okay for me to do the same so in 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 feeling that way I was like that's an amazing feeling to have and I want to be able to share that myself and have other people when they come across um you know my brand, my podcast, my Instagram, the things that I am sharing on social media to be genuine and not always like the most comfortable thing to be sharing, but so that someone might come across it as well and say, hey, like, I'm not the only one, <laughs> you know, because I feel like that tends to be the case when a, a, a good majority of what you're seeing on your Instagram feed or what you're seeing just in general as far as media goes is um might be photoshopped um might be like (laughs) the most picture perfect thing you've ever seen Mm -hmm. and you're like oh why can't my life be like that I think social media has the tendency to make people um feel that way to feel like inferior almost or to feel and not good enough or why can't I be in those shoes and and creating like a bunch of comparisons of your life to theirs and um so I think the culture in social media is changing I feel like I'm seeing a lot more people being honest and open and um just kind of sharing faults of their own or flaws or honest you know feelings that they're having and Mm -hmm. I think that creates a much more inviting and just healthy environment in general um, for the online kind of social media world. Yeah, for sure. Um, I I feel the exact same way. You have to, um, it's really inspiring when you see people, you know, posting a photo without makeup. And, um, you know, a lot of the times it's not, I mean, you can, I think you can tell, most people can tell when it's real and when it's not you will get influencers who are on Instagram and they're like, oh, no makeup, but they have like the fake eyelashes and then they have Mm -hmm. like tattooed (laughs) eyebrows on um, and like just all kinds of, you know, they have lip fillers and all kinds of crazy stuff. So they look perfect and technically they're not wearing makeup, but they have all this other stuff done. So I think it's um, great when we see um, pictures of celebrities and other bloggers and um, other influencers, you know, that have that show you their flaws because like I said, it's, it, you're just, you're, you're going to broaden your audience with that because everybody is going to, they're going to feel more related to, because we all have that. Like I have dark bags under my eyes. Um, well not bags, but it's like dark, a dark like area under my eyes. And some days it's like worse than other days. Um, and I've, I did some stories with like literally, well, I had lip tint on, but it, lip tint on, but that was about it. And I just like filmed a bunch of stories because I really wanted to talk about this specific subject. And I put it on my Insta stories and I got a bunch of messages saying, wow, like you look great without makeup, but I'm thinking my eyebrows look shitty because they're not very full. <laughs> and they, I look like, I kind of look like pale and not good, but whatever. Like at least it was good lighting, but um, 
it was inspiring for people and I and I saw that in my DMs and I was like oh that's that's pretty cool that like I thought I, I still thought I looked crappy but people you know were like really nice and they said thank you for posting that so that was that's really neat to see when that happens and um all I can see are my flaws but others don't necessarily see all that they'll just see you know they see their own flaws reflect reflected in you um so you, you might be thinking, oh, I have really crappy hair, but somebody else is thinking, wow, her hair is amazing. Um, but she has like, I don't know, pimples like I do or something like that. So, um, yeah, I think it's important to, to share all the, all the, um, the insecurities and, and the flaws. It only makes you more relatable and it's important to be transparent with all of that. So if you go to my story highlights under, I think it was, I don't know what it was. It was under either beauty or lifestyle. You can see I, I put the highlights up there yeah. forever for everyone to see because I'm just like, it's it's normal. Like, it has to be normal. Like, there's going to be some stuff <laughs> sometimes where I'm not wearing makeup and that's okay. And on my blog, too, I have a photo of me without makeup on because I did a post about just, like, like re- like being ugly or something like that. So <laughs> I just I, I put up a photo of just, like, a bare face and my hair up. And um, I was like, whatever. It is what it is. And, you know, that was, like, a few years ago that I did that post. But... I really do think that it just is what it is. And like, you can't, you can't, you're not going to feel good if you lie about, about yourself um, to other people. If you say, oh, I'm not wearing any makeup, but really you are like, you're going to get a lot of likes, but you're not going to feel good about yourself. And at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. that's going to like really end up weighing on you. So it's just not a healthy thing to do. Yeah, I agree. And, um, um, moving like along, I, I really wanted to, um touch on any role models that you might have i feel like it's really important to have just kind of people that you look up to and kind of keep you centered and <laughs> yeah. remind you of of your what you're kind of aiming for almost yeah um as far as role models i don't have like people that i think about that i'm like oh that's my role model <laughs> um i don't I don't, I think like most people do, but I don't know why I don't. I think I just haven't found anybody that I would put in that space. Um, Mm. But I do have people that um, I look up to a lot and that I try to, um, that I do like follow and I like watch their Insta stories and follow them on social media because I think what they're doing is pretty cool. Um, Mm -hmm. Even though I don't agree with like, you know, not necessarily not agree, but I don't, um, I wouldn't say that they're my role model, but um, there's if if you guys um have heard of yoga girl you probably have because she has like a lot of followers i think she has like three million or something she's super inspirational and um she's she doesn't always talk about yoga in fact most of the time it's not about yoga um and she's just a really inspirational person so i follow her a lot because of that and she's very real very like oftentimes more often than not not wearing makeup and just super like just inspiring and just you feel good after watching her stories and she's always like laughing and she has a little baby that's Athena's age and uh (laughs) so I follow her for both of those reasons (laughs) and uh and because I'm trying to get better at my yoga practice so I follow her for that reason as well um and the other person that I've been following a lot lately and like really getting into his um podcast is Lewis House you might have heard of him too um, mm-hmm. he has a super popular podcast and he's in also that, um, like self-awareness space and self-improvement space and everything he says, all, all his, all his podcasts and, um, interviews that he has with, um, 
you know, successful people, they're really, really inspiring. And I feel like we need more of like what he's doing. So um, mm -hmm. those are two people that I'm like really inspired by and that I like at almost every single day I go like watch and see what they say. And it just like, it gives me motivation. Um, and then there's like some bloggers that I'll follow for like style inspiration, but there's not very many that um, all that I, that I follow too closely because mm. I don't wear animal products anymore. And um, I haven't found that many, um, even a handful really of um, bloggers that are, that are vegan that, that also don't wear vegan products because some, I know a lot of bloggers that are vegan, but they don't necessarily follow a vegan lifestyle when it comes to their clothing and accessories. So, mm. um, but I do. So I'm like a strict, strict vegan. Like I'm getting rid of all my stuff that's animal based, um, mm. from shoes and handbags and clothing and all that stuff. Um, so I'm trying to, um, kind of be my own role model in that and kind of do better, um, just for myself. And so I can share it, you know, with other people and, and hopefully inspire other people that are, that are looking for what I'm looking for, which, is, which are, um, you know, uh, clothing and accessories that are cruelty free and vegan and that look amazing. So I'm in the process of doing that right now. Nice. Um, yeah. Speaking of role models, I feel like you are naturally going to be, or naturally are, at, uh, right now, Athena's role model. You know, like, they look up to, like, I know Riri is like that with me. She is already in that stage where she wants to, like, wear my shoes, put on my purse, yeah. you know? So, yeah, I feel like they really look up to you at this stage. And how is motherhood for you uh, and like being you know someone who has a lifestyle um blog how does that affect your work um yeah motherhood is craziness <laughs> it is it, it's so um I mean I, I expected a lot of of what I've experienced but um there's also a lot that I would never have even thought of so mm -hmm. it's completely crazy and wonderful at the same time. And, you know, other days it's completely frightening and you're like, what am I doing? Like, how am I going <laughs> to raise a happy, healthy, stable human being? Um, but for the most part, like I take it day by day and I try to think about the future, but not get too caught up in that because you will drive yourself crazy if you do that especially if you watch the news as much as I do. So, um, yeah, I try to take it day by day and just kind of teach Athena, um, all the things that, you know, that I was taught all my values and, um, just to be kind. And I think this is where, um, being vegan and having a vegan lifestyle really plays, um, a really important part because I teach her to be kind to everyone and everything and to her, you know, including herself and, even with like her pretend stuffed animals, I'll tell her, okay, let's, you know, let's be nice to teddy bear and let's be nice to, to bunny. And she has like a plethora of stuffed animals and she loves her animals. And I feel like that's <laughs> where it starts because she's so kind to them and she cut, she like um, cuddles them and she kisses them and she makes them hug each other and kiss each other. And she's just like <laughs> the sweetest little baby. And I know that that is going to set the foundation for, you know, I mean, this is a stuffed animal we're talking about. Like, it's crazy that, you know, but that this is going to set the stage and the, the foundation for how she treats other people because she's already developing 
these neural nets of kindness and that no matter mm-hmm. what, we should be kind to all things and, mm-hmm. um, and, and to ourselves. So yeah, um, I think she's really impacted everything I do with my blog and social media. <laughs> she has been <laughs> my biggest like motivator for sure, hands down. And she's um, inspired me to change the content that I'm creating now and putting forward for the future and everything I have planned because um, I just want to be like the best role model I possibly can and give the best information and just um, do help create a better world for her. And it sounds totally cliche and every parent will say that, but it's true. And that's why it's cliche. And that's why everyone says it. Um, (laughs) So yeah, that's, she's definitely, um, affected my life a hundred percent. And, um, I'm inspired to create like healthier, happier content for everybody because of her. Yeah. I, I completely understand. And I, I think it's funny because how you had said, you know, it's things you would never have thought of come up being a mother and Mm -hmm. it's, just even the little things like day to day that you just don't automatically think of when you think of like oh I'm gonna be a mom like when I was pregnant with Riri I honestly was just kind of like okay yeah I know what comes to being mom I have to be responsible I have to take care of her and make sure she's happy and fed and and teaching her like the best way to um, react to things and trying to guide her because right now she's like a little like a little drunk person who just (laughs) wants to get into everything that's not necessarily good for her. So yes, it's, yeah, it's definitely, and I didn't really think of it that way, but it becomes so much more obvious just the more that they grow, that Mm -hmm. they have capabilities that they aren't necessarily um, prepared for. Yeah. I guess you could Mm -hmm. say, or that they're like really under understand. And, um, -hmm. For a while, I thought like, oh, you know, like child-led parenting as far as like, oh, she'll let me know or stuff like that. But there's so many things that I've learned that it's like, no, she needs me to guide her for sure. Or she yeah. needs a little bit of assistance, like a right in the right, push in the right direction type of situation. And yeah, and then there's just like those ridiculous things. Like, I don't know if <laughs> Athena has started doing this, but like they get really frustrated at mm-hmm. things that you don't let them do but it's for their like own yeah. good and so much yeah. so that it's like no you don't understand like you'll die if you do that. <laughs> yeah like when you don't I'm let them play with the kitchen change. knives yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and know. it's it's so interesting to see their you know they're so frustrated and and they don't understand and it kind of just reminds me of my own childhood and not necessarily to that extent, but maybe like things that I wanted to do or felt that I needed to do or me to go out tonight with my friends and stuff like that. And your parents just really trying to like protect you and mm-hmm. um, guide you. And you're just so, <laughs> you're so reluctant to listen, you know? Yeah. And yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of something that hits you pretty hard and it hits you every single day (laughs) because it's almost like you're always having kind of a an interesting dynamic of a pushback with a good amount of things throughout the day that you're trying to 
um, instill in them, but also trying to get them to learn how to control those emotions of not getting what you want, because that's going to happen a lot in life and trying mm -hmm. to like help them cope with Mm -hmm. that because it's like it's something they're going to experience for the rest of their life and if they don't learn how to cope with those feelings of frustration it mm -hmm. it doesn't end well you know it doesn't go well and it makes it harder as they as they grow older because like I said it's just yeah gonna keep happening you know it happens to me and I'm yeah. you know 24 years old and I'm still trying to learn how to cope with um things that don't go my way so Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I totally hear you on that. I'm the same way. I, I and now having her, I reflect a lot on, back on my childhood and things that I wasn't allowed to do and what I've been, what I would, you know, what I was told. And mm -hmm. I think to myself, like, wow, my parents could have really handled this differently. So I'm trying to be, <laughs> right. I'm trying to be, like, they didn't let me do a lot of like boy stuff, like ride bikes or skateboard and mm. stuff, because they said it was like for boys and they didn't want me to get hurt. And I think that oh, also they okay. just didn't want me to hang around a bunch of boys. So, um, <laughs> it really discouraged that, um, except I was like relentless on BMX bikes and I finally got my own, but then I had like <laughs> no one to ride with cause girls were not into that at the time. So, um, but I understand like where they were coming from. I just wish like the conversation would have been differently. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, like my yeah. mom, I don't even know. I don't think she remembers telling me this, but I remember it very clearly. And she told me that it's gonna sound totally crazy and make my mom sound like a bad person, but she's not. She's just like, you know, trying to do her best. But she told me that I couldn't ride a skateboard or a bike because I might hurt my um, internal reproductive organs and I would not be able to have babies when I grew up. And I was like, I don't care about that. I don't wanna have babies. I just want to ride my bike. And, but she was like, no, you don't understand. It's a big deal. Cause when you grow up, you're gonna to wanna to have babies. And I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure I won't. I'll be fine. <laughs> And I, I was thinking, I, thinking back on that and I'm like, wow, that should have, that conversation that like, I really wish I would have gone differently. Cause I just didn't, I thought that was like the silliest things. Like, why would mm. I care about that? And, but then like, it kind of like really afterwards, it kind of like really got me thinking and I'm like, oh, is there something like, I don't know about like my internal organs that I should be worried about <laughs> not hurting myself. And then I was hurt. I was like really worried about falling and like breaking something or damaging my internal organs, mm. which like as like a as like a twelve, thirteen year old, like you shouldn't be, you know, have that kind of fear. Um, mm -hmm. You shouldn't be out playing and like and and yeah, and skateboarding and biking and all that stuff. Um, but again, like she grew up in a really traditional like family where boys do mm -hmm. some things and girls do not. They have different activities and they have boys were blue and girls were pink. But now, like we know you know, we know how to have those conversations in a more um, just kind of productive way, I think, where yeah, we can teach our children that they can really do anything and they don't have to be bound by gender stereotypes. So that's what I'm trying to, you know, to teach Athena. And um, yeah, I think a lot about my childhood whenever things come up with her where, like you said, she wants to do something that could end up killing her. And I'm like, no, you can't. And I don't want to limit her. But at the same time, like, I can't let her die. And she's mm -hmm, constantly right. trying, like, they're constantly trying to commit suicide, aren't they? They're like always, like, she wants to like oh, yeah. jump down the stairs and down two flights of stairs. Or like, she wants me to open the drawer with all the knives in it. And I'm like, no, you can't do that. Like, that's, are you insane? And she like, gets so angry at me. But yeah, you have to, you have to know when to say no. But on the you know you have to have that balance where if they want to do something like she wants to grab her food and it's too hot and I'm like baby we gotta let it cool down and she's like no and I'm like okay we'll grab the bread you'll see it's very hot and it's gonna hurt 
and it's not hot enough to burn her, but it like, you know, won't feel good on your hand. So she'll touch it and then she'll tell me hot, hot. And then she'll start blowing on it. So like <laughs> she, you have to let them, you'll have to let them learn some things, oh, yeah. but you yes. know, w- where it's still safe. So, um, because yeah, when you just do everything thinking, no, this is best for you. And I'm, I'm just protecting you. You're not really helping them understand, understand, mm-hmm. and they're mm-hmm. going to get frustrated. So there has to be that level of awareness where you, you have to listen. And I think that's like one of the best keys to parenthood is just being willing to listen and see what your child is doing and what they're telling you so that you can um, have like, uh, think of like an appropriate response and not just always say, well, I'm just trying to protect you because they might not understand that. Sometimes they have to experience things for themselves, even when they're this tiny, like she's she's not even a year and a half yet, but she's so independent and so aware and so self-aware mm-hmm. my god like I did not think I've never met a kid like that and I think it's more common now with you know with how we're raising kids with how this new like generation of kids how they're being raised because mm-hmm. they're like tiny little geniuses <laughs> it's insane <laughs> I did not think she yeah, would be like this about a year and a half it. no mm-hmm. not at all and she picks up on everything so you're just like okay well I have no choice but like to really listen and to really observe and like be, be open to like having a conversation with her, even though she's a year and a half, like, right. <laughs> obviously you're not going to tell her, you're not going to let her like dictate your life, but you have to be open to what she wants and, and, and give her a space where, where she feels like she can, you know, approach you and, and, and have a conversation with you, even though she's so tiny, it sounds insane yeah. to say, but you really do like have to be open to that. Oh, well, there are a lot, there are a lot smarter and they're a lot um more observant than we even think they're like no they're not they don't you know they're not they don't get it but they they do they just can't really express it as and like we do you know it's it's um more of their lack of um ability to speak than anything (laughs) going on but they're like registering everything and I've noticed even for Rihanna who's um she's like two and a half almost and it's crazy because I see her kind of just pick up on the little things that I do and she'll she'll approach me the way I'll approach her so I'll be like yes listen I'll I'll say listen and then I'll you know say what I need to say so when she mm-hmm. <laughs> when she has yep. something to say to me she'll be like listen <laughs> yeah I'm like oh my goodness she reminds mm-hmm. me of that little um listen Linda thing like <laughs> oh my gosh that was so like, cute approach, yeah approaching me the same way I approach her and those yeah. kind of little things and it makes me really happy that I have taken the time to be very patient with her because if she's kind of you know mimicking me now in the way that I handle when she's kind of not listening to me and stuff like that if I were just to you know be the kind of person to just yell at her or not even um try to explain things to her I feel like she Mm -hmm. would in turn not try to explain things to me or she would Mm -hmm. feel like it's okay to really yell at me you know even though they're gonna do certain things no matter what even if you don't teach them like (laughs) they're going to scream sometimes because they are human beings and Mm -hmm. (laughs) they're like the louder I get more (laughs) maybe they'll listen you know it's just kind of yeah in there but it's just kind of um, trying, like you were saying, kind of just trying to balance that out and finding the best way to to approach them. And 
I've learned like, okay, I mess up sometimes. <laughs> I will like look back and think, I should have approached this differently or I should have told her this instead of that or, you know, all those kind of things come to mind and you're like, am I a bad mom? And you just kind of get stuck yeah. in your own head almost. Yeah. And um, yeah, so uh, like I imagine that you've kind of had those experiences even at her age now just where you're like, oh, yeah, uh, like let me just chill for a second and <laughs> like regroup oh, yeah. almost. For sure. I've definitely had those experiences. And it's, um, it's funny that you say that, you know, um, Riri will kind of copy like your demeanor and, and, and mm -hmm. your approach, because they pick up on all of that, all of like the mm -hmm. minutiae of human behavior, they pick up on all of it. And just like you said, sometimes I, I get frustrated with her sometimes if she doesn't eat enough for, you know, breakfast, lunch, or dinner. And I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, you kids, like, you have to eat. Like, I need to keep you alive. Like, please eat your food. <laughs> and I get so frustrated with her and she realizes that I'm frustrated. And even though I'm not like yelling at her, but like my face is like, oh, like, please just eat your food. Mm -hmm. And she will, she will look at me and then she'll like hug me and she'll pat my back. Like, it's okay. Aww. Like, it's fine. <laughs> and she doesn't always do that. But like on days when I'm frustrated, she'll hug me. She'll be like, it's okay. And then sometimes she'll give me a kiss and she, she'll be like like trying to comfort me that I'm frustrated you know mm -hmm. so they they really but that's what I do with her when she's frustrated I'll pick her up or I'll go over to where she is and kneel down next to her and I'll pat her back and I'll hug her and I'll you know all the same things that I do with her she does it to me like she's my mother and <laughs> I, I find that incredible that they're so tiny and yet they pick up on all of this so really mm -hmm. like what I've learned in the short period of time is that you have to lead by example in every way and everything, the way you behave yourself, the way you carry yourself, the way you speak to them and, and to others. Because if you only speak to your partner in a nice tone, in a nice way, but you're out there in the world, like being a total bitch to everybody, your kid is going to pick up <laughs> right, on that because they're, they're always yeah, with definitely. you. Yeah. So they're going to, they're going to they're gonna, um, see how you handle um, you know, um, tough situations, um, or high stress situations are going to see all that. Cause at, like, at least my kid, she's like always with me. So, um, mm -hmm. when I'm at like, uh, at a customer service desk and I'm trying to like return something or order something and I'm getting really frustrated because the person does, it seems like it's their first day there and I get so frustrated <laughs> and I just want to be like, can you please do your job? <laughs> and I just like, I'm going to like go into a rage and she'll be looking at me and I'm like, okay, you'll be nice. Like, be calm. Everything's <laughs> fine. The baby's listening. She's learning. And it, sometimes it looks like they're not paying attention, but they totally are. Because like you said, mm -hmm. they come out with these behaviors that you're like, when did you see me do that? Like, why are you copying? Like, when did you, how, you weren't looking at me. How did you pick that up? They do that for sure. Like yeah. Safina does in many different ways. She does that. Like she yells at the dog the same exact way that I yell at the dog. And it doesn't happen often, but the times oh, yeah. that it has, she does it the exact same way. Mm -hmm. Like she takes the exact same pauses that I do. She points her little finger the same way I right. do. It's craziness. And I'm like, oh no, like she's going to be mean to dogs because I yell at the dog. <laughs> like I need to be so, I need to be more aware of that. Um, oh my goodness. So yeah, That's you just hilarious. have to lead by example. You can't just tell her like, no, don't be mean to dogs. You have to really lead by example because yeah, whether you definitely. like it or not, they're going to pick up all your behavior. Yeah, I, I definitely. And with that, having um, like a, a pet at home, having a dog at home, like I completely understand because we have um, our dog and it's so funny to see her because when she will like tell her like, come here, she'll say it in the exact same way. And then it's so funny because yeah. 
my mom is usually um, also talking to the dog and I notice she'll do things that my mom does like the way she says good girl she says it like good girl like you know and yeah (laughs) the same way and I'm like oh my goodness this is just it's crazy to see how how much they pick up on and motherhood is kind of like it just forces you to be a better human being like it was like no we're yeah. gonna step up the ante here you're gonna have to be like, yeah you're gonna have to watch yourself like even more than you know what you were trying to be before because you just have this little little person watching you yeah. and learning yeah nothing is a big the, a, a bigger motivator because you see like their sweet little face and the way that they look at you and you're just like oh my god I need to be perfect for you so that you can be perfect <laughs> because you're picking up on everything I do with such detail like, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's really, it's really the biggest motivator, especially when, yeah, when you, when you start to see the evidence of like your behaviors in them, whether it's good mm-hmm. or bad, you know, if it's good, you're like, oh my God, my child's amazing. And it's because you taught them to be amazing and you showed them how to be amazing. And then when they're yeah. like doing things that they shouldn't be doing, you're like, oh, it's because I do that. Like, you know, it's, <laughs> I need to be more, more mindful of that and, uh, and not yell, yell at the doggy. Um, right. So yeah, it's yeah i know exactly what you mean they're they they copy your habits and learn your your behaviors with such specific like detail it's crazy mm-hmm. but that's Definitely. they're little geniuses so <laughs> right that's, that's what it is signs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um well Jeanette, i loved having you on you're so easy to talk to and um <laughs> i feel like you had <laughs> such good points like throughout this entire episode that I'm really happy that you decided to come on and um, do you have any like pieces of advice or comments for people who are I know a lot of people are um, kind of stepping into creating and and just being like a content creator almost and um, any piece of advice or for motherhood or anything that you feel like you have uh, expertise in I guess um yes to both of those questions <laughs> for um for the people stepping into into blogging um first of all if you wanted to start a blog and you think everybody and their mother has a blog like I do not need to start a blog but you really want to do it because you have something valuable to share do it because it's still such a new market that um there's definitely space for for more people that are um that really have something valuable and insightful to share. However, if you just want to do it for like the money, like don't even bother. It's so freaking hard. Like it's so freaking hard (laughs) to make money with it, especially if you're not being honest. So, Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, if you, but if you have something valuable to share, like if you, if you have like something in your life that you think would be very valuable to share where it could really help other people. Um, it's amazing that when you give yourself, um, in service to others and you, you're really there to, to provide, um, you know, help for others through your experiences, you, the money comes with that. And I only recently learned that. So I'm speaking from experience. The more I try to give, um, my time in service of others and, and the more good I try to put out into the world, the more all the other good stuff, all the the benefits um, of blogging, like the easier that they come to me. So mm-hmm. if you have something to, to, to give and to share with other people um, in that way, do it. Um, and, and keep it real, like keep, be genuine, be yourself. Even if you think, you know, you're not well-spoken or you're not, 
perfect or you're not this or that like just be yourself because everybody needs that we we need to see diversity of like character and diversity of um you know physical appearances and we need to see more of that more mm -hmm. diversity it's, that's always a good thing um and then as far as motherhood um i would say even if you're um most people are still not vegan or living a plant-based lifestyle but you don't have to be vegan to kind of you know reap all the benefits but um i would say just inform yourself more about like what a plant-based lifestyle is because there's so many health benefits to it and and now having athena i see how important it is for her health to be um to just kind of eat a variety of like fruits and vegetables and she's like unlike any other kid i've seen where she eats everything like every vegetable i put in front of her every piece of fruit she eats it all and um now with what i know about nutrition i see how important that is for not only her physical well-being but her um state of mind and mm. i've seen that within myself since going vegan so i try to tell people it's 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 a really um multifaceted issue and it can be really daunting to take on but you don't have to like you know create this change immediately and completely it's a process so i would say just inform yourself more for your sake for the and for the health of like your kids and just see what little changes like tiny little changes that you can make like swapping out one item for animal that's animal based for a plant based and you'll mm -hmm. see the more you do that and the more you incorporate a plant based diet into your lifestyle the um the better you'll feel and the better your kids like you, they'll feel you'll, you'll see their health improve you'll see their um schooling up uh, um also improve because your mentality just like changes and your ability to focus changes and your everything just changes for the better so i would just say that like try to be more informed about um a plant-based lifestyle and just try to adopt like tiny little things and you'll you'll see it's like it's just so good you guys like i could talk about that for days on end but i have to, i like want everybody to be plant-based because it's so good <laughs> but we can talk about that in another episode if you wish <laughs> yes yes we do we should um <laughs> We definitely should. Uh, do you want to share your Instagram handle or any other like social media handles so that um, yeah. the listeners can find you? Yeah. So um, I'm mostly on Instagram. I live on Instagram um, at JeanettePadillaVega.com. <laughs> so it's just my first uh, first name and my two last names because Heidi and I are Mexican. So we use two last names. <laughs> I mean, at least I do. And, you know, it's a Mexican thing. Um, and, uh, yeah, if you want to send me a, a message on there for whatever reason, like send me a message. I, I always reply to messages. I'm like obsessed with Instagram and talking to people on Instagram. And, um, <laughs> my blog is the same thing. It's linked in my Instagram, but it's also just JeanettePadillaVega.com. And, um, yeah, you'll see everything that I'm up to. I have a lot of new projects coming up and you can see everything on the blog and on Instagram. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for sharing. And thank you again for being on my work in progress podcast. I enjoyed having you. I hope the listeners enjoyed listening to us talk as much as I enjoy talking. Yeah. <laughs> and um, yeah, I, we should do this again sometime. And um, it'll be mostly about uh, veganism. <laughs> since since you can awesome. talk for days on that. Yeah. Yeah, thank, thank you, you for having me on, though. I, I look forward to that.
Did I or did I not tell you guys this episode was awesome? <laughs> it was a great conversation. I really hope you guys enjoyed listening to it as much as I enjoyed having it. And if you guys have any questions for us or anything like that, don't forget to follow us on Instagram. It's a perfect place to stay in contact and ask any questions that you may have. Um, thanks so much for listening. And as always, Please don't forget to unapologetically be a work in progress.